Welcome to the We Rush In podcast, dedicated to exploring the physical and mental demands of being a first responder. I'm your host, Dan Gignard, and I'm a Canadian police officer with many years of experience as a use of force instructor and police supervisor and everyday patrol officer. I understand firsthand the importance of maintaining both physical and mental fitness while on the job. In this podcast, we will be talking to Canadian first responders from a variety of fields, police, fire, paramedics, and even military, as well as service providers who assist in the training and health of first responders. We'll hear about the challenges and triumphs of maintaining fitness, training, and overall health and wellness while on the job. We'll also learn valuable tips and inspiration on how to stay fit and healthy, both physically and mentally, while serving our communities as first responders. Whether you're a first responder yourself or just someone who wants to understand the unique challenges of this profession, this podcast is for you. So let's dive in and explore the world of first responders' health and wellness. Thank you for joining us and stay tuned. Want to welcome everybody back to the We Rush In podcast. Uh, rare in-person interview today. Most of ours are done over the internet, but I was lucky enough to have uh, Chad Kennedy with the C to C for PTSD. Uh, happened to be traveling through Brandon today, and uh, was willing to come down and sit and have a chat with me. Uh, how are you doing today, Chad? Doing great, brother. Thanks for having me on. Right on. We're happy to have you here. Uh, so we're starting our walk across Canada again this year. Uh, tell us a little bit, I guess just a quick blurb about yourself and then, uh, tell us a little bit about C2C and what the plans are for this year. Sure, man. I am a a non-combat veteran. Um, actually with a little bit of roots here in Brandon, I was out of Shiloh, um, back in the day and, uh, most recently the last, oh geez, just hitting the 15 year mark with the Alberta Sheriff Highway Patrol. And uh, like most of us, I have been uh, kissed with post-traumatic stress. Uh, so yeah, the, the C2C walk, um, yeah, kind of a funky story. Um, my, my last major trauma was the Columbia Icefields bus crash, July 18th of 2020. Um, by August 2nd, 2020, um, yeah, through self-medication, I made... Uh, you know, the decision that I was to die by suicide, um, had the plan. And fortunately, uh, my good friend, Captain Morgan persuaded me to, uh, to walk the country to raise awareness, uh, of post-traumatic stress and mental health, uh, amongst our, our public safety personnel and military. Um, so that irrational decision, uh, August 2nd of 2020 turned into this walk across Canada, um, which is, it's actually been amazing. Uh, <laughs> not just about helping others, but part of my healing journey. Yeah. Um, well, I'm glad you're here. Thanks. Let's, let's say that based on the decision you were going to make. I'm really glad you ended up at this place. Um, so the start of all 2020, uh, it's C to C. So did we start? on the west coast one year like what's the yeah funny thing the original plan was to to kick off on the lower mainland um unfortunately uh when we were planning our step off for august 4th of 2022 mother nature decided to wash out a few of bc's highways so i remember that yeah so we we had to you know we didn't want to conquer or try and tackle construction um, slowing things down. So we, we ended up kicking off in 
Cranbrook, BC, uh, and made our way to Montreal last summer. Um, and due to a medical emergency, we had to end things in Montreal. Um, and this year we'll be doing Quebec City to St. John's, Newfoundland, um, right away here. Uh, be in Quebec June 2nd. Uh, and then next year, um, the plan is to walk the island and, okay. and a bunch of the lower mainland or do a, a north-south route um, from Prince George okay. downwards and yep. then head over to the island. So, yeah, some pieces are a little skewed, but we'll get but it But we're done. touching it. Yes, we we're are. touching each ocean. Yes. And that's the goal. Absolutely. And how's the reception been across the country? Uh not just from the law enforcement or military side, but like just in general, the public and, and law enforcement and military, like it's, it's been, uh, amazing with, with all the, the political stuff that had happened over the last year or so with, uh, COVID and uh, I'll be very open about this Four things. Uh, CDC does not talk about is, uh, COVID convoys, religion <laughs> or politics ever, <laughs> ever. Um, but yeah, with, with all the stuff that was going on with, uh, with the, the convoys and COVID, um, we thought, man, there's going to be a real political divide, um, with our walk and everything that's going on. And really, uh, you find the 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 great side of humanity. Um, doesn't matter, you know, what you believe in. Um, mental health affects us all, and everybody that we've come across, everybody we talk to, knows somebody going through a mental health challenge, um, or is affected by mental health themselves. So the reception's been fantastic, um, and. A little little plug for Brandon, and uh, last year when we walked through, it was monsoon season. Um, <laughs> but but you know, great support from the Brandon Brandon City Police um, and Project Resilience nine one one. So I, I will throw this out there, um, gang. When I come back through in August, I'll I'll hook up time to meet with the the Project Resilience team. Great, Perfect. great peeps. Yeah, I've worked with them; they're fantastic. They so. they are. Um, so yes, I feel bad. I didn't have the time to visit with y'all, but we'll see you again soon. Um, yeah, every every community, um, really every community we've gone through is engaged in in this walk um and we'd we'd be in the middle of nowhere canada it's not just the middle of nowhere manitoba or ontario we'd just be walking along um a vehicle pull up on a side road and out hops uh you know a first responder or a veteran um whether it's for a hug a two-minute talk a thank you or they'll crunch out a kilometer or two with us it, it, it's amazing mm-hmm. yeah it's, that's really good to see I kind of like that this pro well your your walk and a lot of these other walks and things along those lines to me it kind of brings out the humanity that we have in Canada or anywhere as people right I think it's very easy like you said to get caught up in all the political stuff and you chose like we're not going to talk about this right people need to realize that we are still just people like we're just people we don't have to always get involved that's right in in the controversy we could just do something for the people right oh absolutely for, yeah we we you know are i i think um and just 
I'm just a guy with an opinion when, when we, we talk about certain topics and just opinions and we're all entitled to opinions. But when we talk about our opinions, it creates divide. Yeah, and yeah. and uh, yeah, it, it's a horrible thing. If 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 we were all just walking around naked with no uniform, no hat, no like, I love your hat because <laughs> it's a Canucks hat. Yeah, and don't hold that against us. That uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we won't talk. <laughs> we won't talk hockey politics. I'm a Canucks fan. So, but if we didn't have anything symbolizing what we support we wouldn't know any different and it yeah. wouldn't be, you know, there's no judgment. So yeah, that, that great side of humanity. Um, you know, uh, cool. The, now here's a cool story. Walking through Ontario last year, there was a, we'll just call it an organized event by, okay. you know, people on the other side of the line were uh, doing a motorcycle ride. Uh, I don't know where they were going, GTA area, I think. Right. But for that, the amount of people on motorcycles that went by us um, with the C2C truck and the amount of thumbs up and, you know, like basically air fist bumps. And I'm like, wow, that is, you know, being on this side of that line. Right. Right. Yeah. And you're like, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. And you process stuff and say, it, it doesn't matter what patch you wear, what stripe you wear, what you do. Everybody is affected by mental health. hundred percent. Yeah, whether everyone. you're a good yeah. guy or a bad guy. Um, so you, you, you say, man, yeah. Okay. We, we, as people stand for different things in life. Uh, I know what I stand for. You know what they stand for. And yet there was no judgment you know, thumbs up and, and slow down and they were courteous. So yeah, it sort of opens your eyes and says, man, that, you know, that's why I say, if we all walked around without anything, you know, it could be a blue shirt and blue jeans. We all just walk around the same. Um, we wouldn't know what's on each other's mind. Right. Right. And yeah. Just no judgment. We're just people. Yeah. Just people living our lives. That's right. <laughs> right on. Um, I guess, this obviously was a personal journey. Yes. Have you have you had people reach out to say that like the thing that you've kind of your journey has allowed them to begin their journey of healing, right? Like sometimes it takes that one push, that one person that did something that gave them the inspiration. Like I know I messed up. And now I need to do something about it. Like, have you have you had any of those stories that people brought it to you? Because I know people might see that, but then not bring it to you, right? Like, they're not open enough to right to talk to you about it or reach out about it or yeah. And I think you know that's that's every walk of life. I, I think we as we as a human race, um, for some reason, it it's knocked into our head that. You know, it, it, you're not allowed to ask for help. That's a sign of weakness. I say it's the the biggest show of strength to be able to to put your hand out and say, "Man, I need help," or "Woman, I need help." Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I get a lot of messages and emails, um, from people, and not just here in Canada. Like, I I've had people from Europe 
um, send me messages, right. encouragement, and thank yous. Um, crazy. Like every agency in Canada, somebody has contacted me. Mm -hmm. Families of those. And here's the really hard part is you're, you're meeting families who have lost a loved one to suicide um, because of post-traumatic stress. Yeah. Um, and it, it's heart-wrenching, but the bond that I have with some of these families now um, is huge. And it's checking in on each other. Um, there's, there's three ladies, uh, one whom I have not met yet. Um, I'll meet her in, in St. John's, Newfoundland, and I, I call her mom. She lost her son to suicide. Um, uh, a woman in, in uh, um, Regina and another woman on the, on the West Coast. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's heart-wrenching, and it's For very sure. powerful, but to know, and uh, we, we talked earlier, um, you know, Religious, no. Um, that's not me. Spiritual, yes. Um, and when I can remind myself, I've I've got three people um, who are no longer on this earth with us physically that are going to help keep me safe. And it sounds right. really weird, but yeah, you know, um, and that comes through the loving conversations you have with with these people who have lost somebody. Mm -hmm. um, but when that, it's usually that that thing thrown out at me um, and a request is um, please just help prevent another family from going through the pain that we've gone through. So you hear that side, that that's the, the extreme side. Um, and then you get the, the really cool um, stories from people who say, Hey, you know, I followed your journey um, from the beginning and I finally got up off the couch. I call it the, the depressive train, uh, <laughs> the, the, the comfy couch where I can lay down, eat potato chips and cheeseburgers, yeah. watch senseless television. Um, but the people that get up off the couch and are getting out and being active or have finally asked for help. Um, yeah, there are some really great, great, great um, stories that, you know, just they make you feel good. Yeah, it's like yeah. when we're out doing our job and we're able to help somebody in a positive way, um, you you feel good, and you know it sort of helps helps you find your purpose. Yeah, when you're doing something crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely there's no fame or making millions off walking the country, um, but the feel good stories that's the reward, really. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's like we said earlier. It just if you could help that one person, even. Yep. You know, if the whole thing ends up helping just one person we're okay with that mission accomplished like yeah yep so mission accomplished but and yeah i think a lot of people don't realize that a lot of people get into either the military or uh first response that they, they didn't want to, they want to help like that was that was always the goal yes right and sometimes you get caught up in what everything else that you do in that job yeah but at the end of the day sometimes you need something to remind you why you started in the first place absolutely right so yeah and yeah it, it, it in my my case uh wearing a uniform it it took a few years before um you know i realized that i'm allowed to be empathetic i'm allowed to 
feel what somebody else is going through on the side of the highway when they're in a shitty situation and I can comfort them yeah. and be a human being. Yeah. So yeah, you know, and some of us may never get that. It's, uh, yeah. like we're able to turn off our brains and, and yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you're taught that kind of in training to, in or they're taught you're taught that in order to deal with the things you're going to see, that is the way to deal with it. Yep. When in reality, it's not. Right? Like, you ha- you may have to be that way in the moment to get through that moment. But we have to learn how to become human again, almost. Yes. Yes. And it's, it goes back to... You could to detach that. to get through the moment or to get through the situation. But you have to learn how to reattach and then reintegrate those feelings uh, and- once you've goes back to our conversation over over breakfast right we you, you allow a uniform to define who you are which is not uh, no you're basically right. let yeah. other people know that you're there to help that's what a uniform is it's yeah. not about uh man you, you let that uniform define you um it's gonna end up hurting you 100 percent. yeah no you have to find yourself and i think that's another thing that training kind of fails us in is it they basically strip you down to nothing to build you up to be this police officer or this firefighter or this whatever right and you lose yourself in there and then you gotta like re it takes a lot of guys i think several years to find themselves again yes like who and some people i don't think ever do some people retire and that's all they ever were and they they they've lost that, oh yeah, they've lost that piece of their identity. We, and we hear that from those who um, retire, um, and they don't have a hobby, for example. So you retire, your whole life has been run on adrenaline, um, ups and downs, and you haven't really taken care of yourself while you're taking care of everybody else. And now you're that person sitting on the couch, or in your your lazy boy smoking a pipe, feet up, watching sports or yeah. soap operas all day and man you, you hear so many stories of well so-and-so retired after 35 years um and then a year after they retire they're dead yeah it's like how yeah. is that what it's, yeah. um yeah yeah you read some studies you read other things well you know if they had a hobby you know some people just give up well my purpose is done yeah i've done yeah. what i can do and yeah i'm just yeah. gonna sit here and die and it, it sounds sad but they were a productive piece of society and they just dwindled away and then they weren't yeah and then they yeah. weren't yeah um and we meet in in my line of work we we get a lot of uh what well, we were we were getting retired members with 25 30 years in one agency they had come over to the highway patrol right and sure it's you know they're getting their pension now this is supplementary income but it's like a hobby and it keeps them in the uniform it it you know they're part of that and they'll sure. work until they're 80 yeah if, they could. if they're allowed to yes. they, they will <laughs> because they've decided to take what they used to do and turn it into a hobby almost. that's that's yeah. right oh i yeah. get paid to do this and i don't have to deal with that anymore it's like man get into woodworking get into you know welding or something something yeah to keep you or 
uh, I was going to say gaming, but I know if I got into gaming, I'd just become addicted and I'd never leave the house anyways. So. Right. Yeah. But, you know, you get out to the shopper. For me, I found that going for walks, obviously. Uh, <laughs> You're kind you, of on a long one right now. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it starts with, it, you know, it starts with training walks. Um, uh, I remember when I, so announced the walk August 2nd, 2020. One week later, August 9th, I was on that depressive train, just laying there watching TV on the couch. And uh, I didn't have my man list to do around the, the house. So I just hopped up off the couch, went and got new sneakers mm-hmm. um, and went for my first walk. Yeah. And the first three days hurt like hell. Um, but then, you know, at the fourth day, the pain was gone. All those muscles that we're not used to using are kicking back in. Right. Um, and everywhere I walked, even though I, I had driven through my neighborhood a six kajillion times, now that I'm walking, I start noticing everything I'd never noticed before. So that Russian life is gone. Right. And you, you hear that, that cheesy term a lot, a lot growing up is just take time to stop and smell the flowers. Right. Well, if you, you know, when you're at a walking pace, you get to observe all this really cool stuff. Um, and it, it's become very therapeutic. If, you know, like last week, um, straight up the, the, the wildfires in Alberta right. had blanketed while well, you guys are getting the smoke out here too. Yeah. The air quality was so bad. I haven't been able to get out to walk Yeah. Um, because I don't want to be breathing that stuff in. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially at altitude that I was at. Um, but like my body is going through withdrawals. Like I want to go for a walk. So hopefully wherever I end up tonight, the air quality is good and, and I can, can get go out for a yeah. walk. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, a hobby uh, that can be just getting out, admiring stuff, take your camera, get some pictures. There's cool stuff to see. And that becomes a hobby. And that hobby could be one or two hours a day Yeah. in your own neighborhood. You don't have to go to the forested trails. Right. Or, right? You can walk anywhere. Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah. And there's, there's health benefits to it. Apparently. And, yes. Well, mental and physical. Yes. Right. I mean, yep. so I think we do need to sort of step off from that busyness of life right that's right and sort of get out and appreciate yeah and what's start around you start your hobbies now so you know it just becomes routine by the time you retire you know there's it's that part of that what you do part of your day where this is you know it's uh yeah i i just finally got back into doing some woodworking um now obviously it's on hold until i get back well sure um but that was something that that post-traumatic stress had stripped for me is the joy of my hobbies um, so Christmas time, I bought myself a, a laser engraver and I just started doing small projects. Um, but it got me back into what I enjoy doing. Right. So it's, yeah. Yeah. Find something. For sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, we've kind of touched everything we needed to touch. I'm just super, super thrilled and really honored that you took the time out of your day. Uh, I know you got places to be and things to do. Uh, you got to get ready for this this big march oh, so yes. um i really want to thank you for coming on today uh i appreciate it a lot and i really appreciate what you do oh thanks and brother. what you're trying to do and what you're trying to accomplish thank you all and, right uh right back at you you guys doing these podcasts boop you're getting the word out and that's 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 my goal i thanks. want to get the word out uh and it's not just um I don't know if you've listened to any of mine, but I kind of try to smatter. It's always seems to lean towards PTSD, but I'm trying to smatter as much 
of everything that yeah. you can. Whether it's training, wellness, hobby, whatever. Yeah. You know. So I'm glad that we got to touch on a bunch of stuff today. That's so cool. uh, we'll do a follow up. Yeah, somewhere. absolutely. Anytime. Maybe we could touch touch base after this uh, this March this year, and yeah. uh, you can let me know how everything went. Yeah, or contact me anytime along the way. Right on. Yeah. No, we'll definitely get in touch. Right on. All right. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the We Rush In podcast, where we explore the physical and mental demands of being a first responder. I hope that you found today's discussion and interview informative and inspiring. Remember, maintaining fitness, training, and overall health and wellness is essential for first responders to be able to serve their communities to the best of their ability. Stay tuned for another episode on the 1st and 15th of every month, featuring more interviews and insights from Canadian first responders and service providers. In the meantime, please visit our website for more information and resources on first responders, health and wellness, and don't forget to follow us on social media for updates and additional content. Thank you for listening. Stay safe out there.